This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hey, friends and family. Welcome to a new episode of Dear Hallmark. My name is Dara. And it's high time we talk about some mysteries. We have two mysteries that were given to us this month. Jane DeSilva and Hannah Swenson. Uh, But first, I have some news for you. So for those of you who may not know, Great American Family has acquired PureFlix. And PureFlix is a Christian streaming service. Um, I had them for a little bit, but they had too much Amish content for my consumption um, at the time. So I decided against it. I haven't joined it since. So I'm curious to see what this partnership is going to, what the outcome of this partnership will be. Um, will they be pulling some movies off of Pure Flix and putting it on The Great American Family? Instead of Columbo and Full House and Fuller House and Murder, She Wrote. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Congratulations to Great American Family and Pure Flix. Also, we are indeed getting a movie on May 27th. I know I didn't want one. I said this. I said, Hallmark, let's just chill out. Just give us a day off. They said, ha, jokes on you. And so they are coming in with the second installment of the Love Club series, which Brittany Bristow's was the first one to air the beginning of April. And um, the second one is airing May 27th, this Saturday, Sydney's Journey. And they are stacking the last two on Memorial Day at 6 and 8 p.m. The last two Love Club movies will premiere. So there's that if you're interested. Also, it has been confirmed, and I'll leave the article in the show notes, that there is going to be another Hannah Swenson movie. So yes, we just received Carrot Cake, but they already have In Motion and it's set. It's probably going to be filming anytime, like in the next couple, few weeks, actually. Um, the next Hannah Swenson movie. And we will talk about that more in depth in my review of Carrot Cake. That's what I'm going to call it. It's called Carrot Cake. So what we're going to do first, though, we are going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, we are going to chop up. Jane De Silva and Carrot Cake and see what it's all hitting for. So stay tuned. Welcome back, my dear friends. I do want to apologize, too, if my throat gets a little hoarse. Uh, I have been sick this past pre- previous week. I'm feeling much better, but of course, there's always residual effects. So just wanted to put that disclaimer out. But let's get into these mysteries. So as I said in the previous segment, we were offered two mysteries for the month of May. One completely new one and one that has it's kind of new. They revamped the Hannah, the Murder, She Baked franchise to Hannah Swenson Mysteries. And so this one is the second offering in that. But I want to touch on the completely new one first. So this one is called The Jane Mysteries Inheritance Lost. 
the poster is sort of cute. Um, and having watched it, I get the vibe of it now. I was not looking forward to this in the least bit. The least bit. I'm over the new mysteries. I'm exhausted by all the new mysteries. I want my I want new installments of the older mysteries. Martha's Vineyard, Mystery One. I don't care that they canceled it. I'm still saying it. Mystery One Hundred One, um, Gourmet Detective, Crossword Mysteries. There was a reason why those fan bases were thick with two seats. So let's get into the premise, though, of this new mystery series because it says signature mystery series so let's see singer jane de silva inherits the family foundation which is a non-profit detective agency that helps people who aren't able to help themselves jane's aunt sadie and detective john cameron act as her mentors as she takes on her first case surrounding a mother's untimely death years before as Jane investigates a multi-level marketing company that took advantage of her client's fragile mom, she realizes that digging up the past can be dangerous. This stars Jody Sweeten and Stephen Hazar. So, as I said, I was not expecting this. I saw this as a kind of, like, hand in the face to Candace Cameron Bure leaving, that they were going to pull another star related to her in some sense. Um, and so thus Jody Sweeten and this was born. That's just kind of how I feel. I'm not saying that's actually what happened, but that's how it looks in my opinion. And so because I've, I'm, I'm assuming that and that's how I feel about it, I had no, had no thoughts going in. Stephen Hazar coming off of Avalanche in a Can, a.k.a. Love and Glacier National, not a fan not a fan of that movie and so i'm thinking oof this is this uh, mm. so we're oh for two and honestly going into the, um watching this mystery as mr Ho hooser i believe his name is pronounced is concerned he's still oh for two um his character in particular i hope this isn't too harsh but it felt like dead weight I didn't see a need for his character other than telling her about her uncle. I didn't, I don't understand why he was there. And I feel like that character could be a revolving door of any men that you choose. I could see Jesse Metcalf playing that character. I could see Ayers, Benjamin Ayers playing that character. I, I could maybe even see Dylan Neal playing that character, not opposite Jodie Sweetin, but just the character in general. So I don't understand. I have yet to understand the purpose of Stevens outside of being a romantic interest for Jane. I don't see him in a detective sense offering any help, in my opinion. Um, this definitely surprised me. And it was better than I thought thought but at the same time incredibly underwhelming and I think what worked in its favor was the production design of the of the estate and the costumes this movie the vibe of this movie with like the cabaret show you're giving you're getting kind of renaissance jazz vibes 40s 
jazz vibes. And then what she was wearing, what Aunt Sadie was wearing. I appreciate the vibe of this. But the writing and the mystery itself was womp, womp. It was very underwhelming. I didn't care about the ending. Um, it all came crashing down out of nowhere. Um, and I, however, I still want more. That's why I'm like, what? Because I want to see more of the fabulousness of Aunt Sadie. I want to see that estate again. Can we talk about Jody's red dress at the end? I enjoyed it immensely. The dress, not the mystery. <laughs> Let's get it clear. The dress. Okay. Um, and the one thing, the villain in this, Mr. Dwayne Wayne, every time they said that name, I said, who watched a different world right before they, um, they wrote this? Because if you are a fan of the Cosby show, uh, the Cosby show had a spinoff with one of the children, Denise, when she went to college called a different world. Starring Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Hardison. And that's actually, that show is an inspiration for a current show that's on Freeform, formerly known as ABC Family, um, Grownish. That's where Grownish gets its cues from. And they treated Blackish as kind of the modern day Cosby show, and then Grownish being a spinoff, a college spinoff of that, much like A Different World was a college spinoff of The Cosby Show. In any, in any event, Kadeem Hardison's character's name, who was the leading guy in that show, was Dwayne Wayne. That was his name. And so I think they got that from a different world because I can't see that guy. That's not a, he's not a Dwayne Wayne. I'm not. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And a different world had such an impact, had such a cultural impact that I'm, I'm thinking, fam. You must have watched that show before uh, <laughs> before writing this. Also, the client who came to Jane, the little girl, not little, but the young girl, Leah. Do you guys, she looked like she could play the daughter of Rochelle Eights. And Rochelle was, they did that, that one-off um, redemption in Cherry Springs. She was the reporter in that. And then she was also the leading lady in A Christmas Tree Grows in Colorado. She, I think she could play her daughter in something. I think that would be very cool. Can we give Rochelle another shot at a mystery? Can we just, can we give her and Keith another shot at a mystery? I think they just got served a bad hand. Because that one wasn't it. And I think they need, I think they would be good together just under different mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I can't see. So I didn't guess who the person was that ended up being the villain, but I didn't care either. I just loved the dresses and the estate. And nothing about this episode was suspenseful for me. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose because family history mystery wasn't as suspenseful either but there was still some intrigue there wasn't even intrigue here for me 
I don't even totally know what I was watching. I just really enjoyed the dresses in the estate. And that was overwhelmingly awesome for me, which is why I want to see another one. But I hope that it's written better because if it has a better, more solid mystery, they would be on to something. And if we could change the detective, um, if it wasn't Steven and he had a more prominent role, then I say we'd be on to something there. We'd be on to something there. So let's boogie on down to Eden Lake, or is it Lake Eden, Minnesota, and talk about a little baker that we've all come to know and love, Hannah Swenson. The newest installment of the Hannah Swenson Mysteries is a, ca- a carrot cake murder. I just call it carrot cake. So carrot cake, let me bring up the synopsis so that I'm not just, you know, coming off the dome here because Hallmark has so graciously provided us a synopsis. Hannah Swenson, everyone's favorite crime-solving baker, is back on the case when the discovery of a excuse me, the discovery of a skeleton in an old building sparks a murder investigation. This one stars Allison Sweeney, Cameron Matheson, Gabrielle Hogan, and Barbara Niven. First of all, why did they not bold Gabriel Hogan? He's been in enough Hannah Swenson's and murder she bakes. Okay, let's let's we going we going deep dive. I'm talking. You better get your scuba gear because we finna go in. <laughs> okay, here we go. Like I said, I was sick, and so uh, during the time I was ill, I took that time to rewatch the Murder, She Baked series so that I could have a better idea of what's going on going into Carrot Cake and kind of refresh myself. Because I don't think I've watched Hannah Swinson since the top of 2022. So I rewatched all of the Murder, She Baked and the first Hannah, like when it turned into Hannah Swinson. And I do acknowledge them separately. There's five murders she baked and one Hannah Swenson. This is the second installment of Hannah Swenson. And this, at first, I don't remember what the difference was between when it changed into Hannah Swenson from murder she baked. But doing this rewatch and then watching this second installment... It's so obvious. And this is also what contributes to the detriment of this particular installment. And if they continue to film them like this. And here are my thoughts. I love the intro music. It just puts you in a holly jolly mood. And it's like, oh. We're about to go back to our small town and solve a mystery. And it was so charming and endearing. And I loved it. Hannah seemed more cheery in the murder she baked. Like you wanted to be her friend than in Hannah Swinton. I loved the other sister and her husband in child i wanted that i i excuse me i taken a lot of air when i talk i apologize y'all i appreciate the dynamic of the sister from murder she baked 
more than I do the sister that they have in this Hannah Swenson mystery. She's okay. And she was funny in the, in carrot cake, but I believe the dynamic between the other sister and Hannah more. They seemed like sisters for real, for real. So in carrot cake, um, Hannah, like there's an explosion as Hannah and Norman are walking back together from his mom's surprise birthday party. She's helping him clean up, I think. And there's an explosion at an abandoned building next next door to the restaurant that they're at. And so, of course, they have to find, make sure everybody's okay. So they go in there and find that there was a hole blown through and it was, they find a skeleton and that sets the course off for the whole mystery. Who's the skeleton? Who set off the explosion? Who, who killed, like, did the person who the skeleton belonged to, was he murdered? Blah, 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 blah. Which we find out he was. And um, finding out who did it was underwhelming, too. My biggest gripe with this is that I felt like Hannah was a little bit too headstrong for my liking in this one. I felt like she she felt a little bit entitled, more entitled than she should have. I understand she is engaged to a detective, but that doesn't mean you're a detective by proximity. There's still rules and regulations in place. You ain't get sworn in nowhere. You ain't take no oath. And I'm speaking like this purposefully. You ain't take an oath. You ain't got a gun. You don't report to the municipal building. You own the cookie jar. Now, this is not to discredit that she has incredible observation and deduction skills, which can be used, which then she should just be brought on as a consultant like our homegirl was in Garage Sale Mysteries. Once the detective saw how useful Lori Laughlin's character was, he began to bring her on as a consultant. Boom, bam, boom. We could have done that this episode. And I thought that's what we were going to do. But instead, she's taking liberties, pursuits of happiness. And it's it just ends horribly. It's like the biggest, outside of the Mystery 101 cliffhanger, is like the biggest Jenga falling. It's like, What? So I'm about to spoil it massively for those of you who have not watched it yet. So please pause, do what you got to do. I'll see y'all on the next on the next time you come back to listen. So they're going about the movie, so, you know, piecing together. He's like, what you find, what you think, blah, blah, blah. And then all the time, Cameron, Cameron, Mike is reporting to his boss what's going on. And the boss is like, you, listen, you got to keep a leash on him. First of all, I didn't like that he said keep her on a leash. I was like, okay, that's harsh. But whatever. I knew what he meant. Keep her on a leash. Like, she can't be out here. Fool la la. And she needs to be, you know, keep her in line, blah, blah. Which is understandable. You don't want a civilian meddling and essentially maybe obstructing an investigation. Completely understand. So we get to a part where someone gets arrested and then out of nowhere, homegirl blows up. First of all, I thought she was about to pass out. 
the way that they did that. That was number one. Number two, then I was like, oh, no. Did the sheriff, you know, the guy who's Mike, Mike is reporting to, is he the one that's behind it? Is she seeing something that we're not seeing? And so, but that's not it. Then out of nowhere, she just starts telling Mike off. And I'm like, what? She's mad that he clued in his boss to what they were doing? First of all, why would he not clue in his boss to something that pertained that could potentially be a murder investigation? With him being a detective. Huh? Why would you think he wouldn't tell his boss? I don't understand. And then you're going to break off the engagement because of that? This is the first conflict we've seen between y'all as a couple. And you finna just break off the engagement. For real? So, here's my thing. Am I mad that they broke off the engagement? Not really. I'm mad at how it was done. It wasn't earned. This felt lazy. It felt... It was rushed. And they just wanted to... Like, that's how I felt. They felt. They were just like, let's just get it done. Break them off. And you know what's even more slick? They end the movie with them broken up. But then an article comes out about a promise of another one. Does that remind you an echo of anything that we know within the mystery universe? So I'm like, oh... So it's it's y'all 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 being cute because we had a breakup at the end of Mystery 101 with no promise of another one and then y'all canceled it. But now we have oh we got another one. So we're going to end it like this. Which I mean it's good for people who are liking Hannah Swenson, them Hannah Swenson mysteries. That's, that's, um, you know, that's, that's some great reassurance, but I wish that the conflict was different than what it was. That soiled the entire mystery for me. At that point, I was like, miss me. I completely checked out. I was side-eyeing everything. I am now side-eyeing Hannah Swenson and I am now wondering how the heck they're going to take this. What is going, do I even want to watch the rest of this? I like Murder, She Baked better than what they're doing with Hannah Swenson. There's no more small town charm to it anymore. There's no more endearing feeling to it anymore. And it sucks out the enjoyment for me as a viewer and a fan. And a recent sleuther. I just started watching The Mysteries in September of 2021 with uh, Picture Perfect Mysteries. And I binged Murder, She Baked the top of 2022. So, yeah. I just wish this could have ended differently. Let me make sure. I have notes here. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, 
Oh, and then this one. So I have two things I didn't talk about. The whole Eden Lake versus Lake Eden thing. In the first Hannah Swenson, Sweet Revenge, we see that Eden Lake changes to Lake Eden um, on the municipal building. And this was something that I, I don't consider myself a very observant person. But for some reason, this stuck out to me. In Carrot Cake, when she went to the locksmith's truck to try to find out about the keys... If you look on the, if you noticed on his truck, his truck said Eden Lake Locksmiths. And a lot of the time people were referring to the town as Eden Lake. However, the municipal building was titled Lake Eden. So I thought that that was interesting. And then she she was hanging out a little bit too much with Norman for much of my liking, personally. As an engaged woman. I was like, mm. Especially because of their, and specifically because of their history. So I didn't feel comfortable with that. And then last but certainly not least, Barbara Niven is the grand dame. Do you hear me? She was more fabulous than ever. I could watch her read the instruction manual for a refrigerator. I could watch her read anything. She is so regal, so elegant, so graceful. She plays these types of characters so well because she's also the rich auntie in um, Crossword Mysteries, and I love her in that role. Love, love, love her in that role. <sighs> so after Murder, She Baked, I am now re-watching Gourmet Detective and am having just such a wonderful time. I keep looking at Mystery 101 because they have Mystery 101 on Hallmark Movies now, but I cannot bring myself to re-watch it knowing that they've canceled it. Honestly, it's such a psychological blog. I want to so bad, but at the same time, I can't. <laughs> also, for all of my sleuthers out there, let me know which out of the Hallmark Mysteries do you find are cozy. This was something I was thinking about. What of the Hallmark Mysteries would you consider cozy? And Because I'm trying to curate a list. So far, I have Garage Sale, Aurora Tea Garden, and Murder, She Baked. I think those three are, I would deem them as cozy mysteries. They feel like cozy mysteries to me. I don't consider Haley Dean, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard's way too gritty, in my opinion. Crossword Mysteries, I don't consider that cozy because it is in a metropolitan city, so I don't consider that cozy. Matchmaker, I just don't think it's good. Um, Emma Fielding, I just don't think that's good. Fixer Upper has cozy mystery charm. I just don't think those are good. Flower Shop is a good cozy mystery. Let me know what you guys think would be considered cozy mysteries within the Hallmark Mystery Universe. You can do that by leaving me a voice message. There is a link in the show notes that will take you to a page where you are able to leave 60 seconds worth of your thoughts. Or, 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 you could email me at dearhallmark at gmail.com. Or, because I'm going to post about this on Instagram. Come follow Dear Hallmark on Instagram. Let's talk. I'm going to post about it. And I'm going to come back when we talk about the June mysteries because we're getting The Dancing Detective with Lacey Chabert and Will Kemp. 
and we're getting um the Aurora prequel. Ooh. I'm still going to watch it. The poster is sick. The poster is beautiful. I love the poster for the Aurora prequel. It's just a move that I'm like, Ugh. I just, yeah. So I'm still going to watch it though. And that these two are coming on early in the month. I'm surprised they didn't stagger it out. They're getting them out the way early in the month. We have Deadly, De- Deadly, what is it? Tango Detective? De- Dancing Detective, A Deadly Tango. So, Dancing Detective comes on next Friday. And then Aurora Prequel comes on the Friday after that. So, y'all, we in here. We in here. So, yes, I want you to leave me your thoughts. What did you think about Carrot Cake? What did you think about Jane De Silva? What do you consider to be a cozy mystery in the Hallmark canon? I'm going to compile all of your thoughts and we will meet back here in about three weeks to a month's time to talk about the other two mysteries that we'll get. And then I'll let you guys know what everybody said. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Dear Hallmark. Thank you so much for allowing me the space to just say my thoughts and for engaging and listening to me. I still felt f- find it wild at some time at some points that people are looking for my reviews for things and are wanting to know my thoughts on things. So I really do appreciate the time and attention and care that you take to listen and engage and leave a voice message and leave a comment and engage with the things that I put out on YouTube and the the podcast and on Instagram. So I I just want to say thank you. Um, And with that, there are some links in the show notes that you can, you know, peruse around about. But other than that, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.